Hi everyone and welcome to Be True, my podcast about the writing I love and the writing I do. I promise I won't rhyme the whole time. I'm John Tessitore and today, such bitterness is how we express our frailty. From my little book, We Are Becoming Unbound. You can find it and all my work at johntessitore.com. We Are Becoming Unbound, as I wrote in the book description, is a long poem about living in transition, personal, cultural, spiritual transition. It's about becoming unbound in order to become something better, freer, and ultimately whole again. Or to put it in plainer terms, it's about falling apart and trying to put yourself back together. It's a circus, a funhouse, a Humpty Dumpty of a poem. Needless to say, I wrote most of it during a tough time in my own life. Insert tiny violin music here. The solace of a crack-up journal like this one, and in crack-up I'm using F. Scott Fitzgerald's term for his own fall from grace, the solace of a crack-up journal is the revelation of new knowledge. When you fall, when you fail, you learn. Wisdom is found in error and embarrassment and imperfection. That's why the guiding spirit of We Are Becoming Unbound is my favorite prophet of imperfection, Leonard Cohen. And the epigram to this crack-up journal is a familiar one, from Cohen's anthem, That's How the Light Gets In. There is a crack in everything. (laughs) But the light doesn't get in all at once. In the context of the full poem of We Are Becoming Unbound, the section I'm reading today, Such Bitterness is How We Express Our Frailty, is about the halting steps we take toward wisdom. How learning happens in fits and starts, and how we get in our own way. I'm frustrated just thinking about it. Such bitterness in how we express our frailty. The emptiness of our pursuits. How we chase shadows that stretch beyond our feet and always reek of slow decay. Here we go again. Brothers in ennui. Civility left us lolling in the gutter, crawling from the brothel, cursing a burning sensation in places we should not name, turning over every decision to find our failures. What the world needs now is a shock to the system, but you and I may never recover. Our obsession with words is part of the problem, our sterile spleen. We conjure the albatross, envy its freedom, clip its wings, tie a rope around its throat, demean what we cannot be, yet here we remain, pinioned. Pinioned, clipped wings. This is a poem about flailing and failing and chasing shadows that stretch beyond our feet. It's also about making a mess in our flailing, about doing permanent damage to the people and the world around us and to ourselves, as we do in our lies in our addictions, in our obsessions, in our errors. Finally, it's about self-loathing, about clipping our own wings and our guilt, our guilt over the damage we've done and remaining pinioned, wearing that albatross around our necks. Human error, guilt, self-destruction. Why so happy, John? (laughs) What's behind such a dark poem? Who taught you to write this way? That albatross is a hint. In English literature, the most famous albatross is the one murdered by the ancient mariner in Samuel Taylor Coleridge's famous poem, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. You know the one. 
Water, water everywhere. For Coleridge, the albatross is a symbol of guilt. But I had another albatross poem in mind as well. This one actually called The Albatross by Charles Baudelaire. In that poem, the old seabird is lured from its flight to the deck of a boat so that the sailors can mock it. The albatross is beautiful in flight but awkward on the ground, and the sailors make sport of its ugliness, its long wings, its waddle. Baudelaire ends the poem by comparing the albatross to poets like himself, who also know how to soar, but are easily mocked and disparaged for being such awkward creatures in polite society, and also out of jealousy, since the crude sailors cannot have the beauty of flight or poetry for themselves. Okay, guilt, limitation, resentment, jealousy, all packed into one extinct bird. We're playing with rich symbols now. So back to the final stanza of my poem. We conjure the albatross, envy its freedom, clip its wings, tie a rope around its throat, demean what we cannot be, yet here we remain, pinioned. I don't care much about the poet as a figure in this poem, the way Baudelaire does in his own, but I do care about people as people, and how people can be, and usually are, their own undoing. That kind of knowledge came late to me. I lived a pretty cushy life for a while. It took a crack-up or two to understand self-sabotage. Self-sabotage of all kinds. None of us mean to destroy ourselves. Sometimes we do it anyway. And once I understood that idea, at least a little better than I did before, I started to understand other people and other parts of life a little better as well. Including some writers. And one of those writers was Baudelaire, whom I'd written off as a melodramatic poser in my stupid youth, but in whom I suddenly found a necessary antidote to all my own limitless but thoughtless American optimism, which was becoming more limited by the day. In fact, such bitterness was initially written as a tribute to Baudelaire, if you can imagine such a dour thing being a tribute, and I even called it Baudelaire. Just to drive the point home, it's actually a 14-line sonnet written in modified Alexandrines, 12-beat lines, which is a very, very old-school, very French thing to do. But here's the real point, and why I chose to talk about this poem today. This little moment of John Goes Goth in the middle of a longer poem called We Are Becoming Unbound, this little moment of darkness is actually the wisdom of the longer poem. It's the crack allowing the light to get in. Because you have to know what you're capable of. Error, hurt, guilt, self-sabotage, burning sensations in places you can't name. If you're going to understand where you've been and where you're going. In my experience, self-knowledge is the only path to freedom. That fucking albatross is absolutely necessary. And so... In the hope that you let a little light through your crack, or something, <laughs> this is John Tessitore concluding another installment of Be True. If you've listened this long, thank you. You can find more about my work, including We Are Becoming Unbound, at johntessitore.com. But first, go play Leonard Cohen's wonderful record, The Future, or read everything by Charles Baudelaire, or maybe even a little Coleridge. 
and embrace your inner goth. Special thanks to me for today's theme music, which I call Decord. Maybe we'll talk again. And if you enjoyed this little podcast, leave some stars or a review and tell your friends. In the meantime, I got to feed the dog. All right, Luna, I'm coming. <laughs>